0: Let's pray. It's always a good way to quiet the room. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your word. Would you come and speak to us this morning? Would you come and speak to our hearts? We pray as we uh, encounter you in your word. We love you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Um, what I read to us from scripture. This is John chapter 20. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side, stop doubting and believe. And Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. And then Jesus told him, because you've seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. This is the word of the Lord. I wanted us to think today together a little bit about encounters with Christ, encounters with Jesus. This is an amazing story which follows straight on from uh, the women rushing away from the tomb having seen an angel who said to them, he is not here He is risen. And then then we see this incredible story where the disciples are together. They're in an upper room. They've locked the doors. They're in real fear. And Jesus miraculously appears and says, peace be with you. And then he speaks to them. He communes with them. He He has a meal with them. Um, the other version in Luke says that he has a sits and has a meal with them. And then uh, later, Thomas has this very famous encounter with him, uh, which I think, un- which unfairly gives him the name Doubting Thomas, uh, as he, he has this encounter with Jesus, this moment with Jesus where he says, I'm not going to believe unless I see it with my own eyes and touch it with my own hands. And Jesus generously gives him that opportunity that he might encounter Jesus and believe again and so I wanted to talk a little bit about that this morning I wanted us to think together uh, as we've kind of followed on from the incredible story of Easter I wanted to think a little bit together about what it means for each of us to have encounters with the risen Christ for each of us to have encounters with Jesus both corporately together in these moments and in our lives Because the amazing truth of this story, the amazing truth of, of the gospel generally, is that Jesus Christ has chosen to make himself real to each of us and real to us together, despite the fact that we are slow to believe, riddled with shame, and full of doubt and fear. And despite all of those things, because all of us have all of those things in some way or another. Jesus faithfully chooses to be the kind of God who reveals himself to us anyway, who gives us these moments of encounter with him anyway. And there are some really incredible parts of this scripture that we've just read uh, that Jesus gives his disciples and that I think Jesus offers to each of us as well. And the first one is his peace. You know, Jesus, when he sees the disciples, when he sort of miraculously appears in the room, like, don't forget that they haven't seen Jesus yet. So the disciples are there in their fear, locked in this room, and then all of a sudden Jesus just like pops up in this locked room. So no wonder Jesus feels the need to say to them, peace be with you. They're probably absolutely terrified and shocked beyond belief that he has appeared. Jesus appears and he says to them, peace be with you. And Jesus in that amazing moment isn't just uh, giving them the usual greeting, although peace be with you was a usual greeting between uh, him and his disciples and sort of culturally at the time as well. What Jesus is doing there, he's, he's kind of summing up that whole essence of his work that he's just done on the cross in his death and resurrection. Peace is the real true gift of jesus's kingdom that each one of us are called to be part of it's something that is freely given to us by him it's something that is achieved by jesus on the cross in his death and resurrection previously when jesus had been predicting his death to his disciples he'd said to them that famous verse lots of you will have heard peace i leave with you my peace i give you i do not give to you as the world gives That's what Jesus said to his disciples. And then here he is in this moment fulfilling that promise. You know, he's died, he's risen again, and here he is appearing to them saying, remember what I said? I said to you I was going to leave you my peace and here I am again saying, peace be with you. I'm here with you. In the context of the disciples being locked away in their fear, Jesus says, peace be with you. And I wonder this morning, what fears are locking you up? What are the things that you are afraid of, the fears that are in your heart, that are locking you up, locking you away from uh, the fullness that life, a fullness of life that God offers to you? Maybe it's uh, fear that comes from things that uh, have happened or are happening in your life. Or maybe it's fear of things that you are worried that God might just not do. Things you're hoping he will do, but that you're worried that he might not. And they're keeping you locked up. They're keeping you uh, away from all of the things that God has for you. All of the goodness in your life that he is offering to you. And this peace that Jesus offers is a gift from him. It's free to us, but it was costly to him, costly to the father as he gave his son so that we might have that incredible peace that he offers. We encounter Jesus' peace by the power of the Holy Spirit. And isn't that the most amazing, incredible gift? that we might be offered in the midst of our locked up fear, in the midst of the rooms that we have created for ourselves, as we've locked ourselves up in fear, that Jesus appears in the middle of them by the power of his Holy Spirit. You know, the role of the Holy Spirit is to reveal Jesus to us when we sort of forget, we're people who forget. And the Holy Spirit comes and reveals to us again, time after time, this is who Jesus is. He's the one who appears in the midst of our fear and says, peace be with you. And we have the privilege of doing that together as well, don't we? You know, that's sort of one of the main reasons why we meet together like this is to remind one another in the presence of the Holy Spirit that Jesus offers peace to us where really we should be separated from God because of all of the sin that we live in. We are offered peace. Peace with one another and peace with God. (coughs) Excuse me. So peace, we encounter Jesus' peace. And Jesus, can I have my water? Kirsten said to me before I stepped up here, take your water up with you. That's why you should always listen to your church warden. <laughs> so peace, Jesus offers us his peace. And Jesus offers each one of us his presence. You know, as I said, Jesus pops up in the middle of this fearful gathering of his friends. He appears amongst them. And I don't know about you, but I feel like every time we meet like this, and every time we uh, sort of meet in small groups, or we meet in, in ones and twos and threes and we pray with one another, there is always this moment. Jesus is so faithful to appear in his presence to kind of pop up amongst us and often either when we're in worship or when we're praying or when we're hearing from his word when we're doing the sort of rhythms the activities the spiritual disciplines of what it means to be a person that follows Jesus he's so faithful and he kind of pops up and presents himself he's present with us both when we're corporately together And when we're individually spending time with him. And us, I don't want to label you, but us uh, charismatics in the room. uh, Don't worry about what that means. If you don't know what it means, it doesn't really matter. Uh, (coughs) We can get a bit het up about the idea of God's presence with us. We can find ourselves, or at least I'm just going to speak for myself for a moment, we can find ourselves in, uh, in meetings like this where we get together and we can get a bit het up. We can get ourselves all worried that we're not feeling his presence or that his presence isn't here with us in the way that we have necessarily uh, figured that it should be. We can get a bit worried about that sometimes. But I wanted to, well, I s- I wanted to remind you because I have felt reminded recently uh, that Jesus has given us real like, tangible things to hold on to. Because we can't rely on our like, emotions. Sometimes we're present and we're there and we're waiting and God meets us and that's an amazing thing. But sometimes we're uh, distracted. Sometimes we're depressed. Sometimes we're anxious. Sometimes we're scared. Sometimes we're hungry. You know, there's all these things that happen to us because we're human beings, which mean that we can kind of miss the presence of Jesus. And so I really think that Jesus has given us these like tangible things to hold on to, to help us to remember that he's present with us. And one of those really tangible things is something that we do week in, week out together, is we share a meal with one another. We break bread and we drink wine together together. And Jesus has given that to us as a tool to help us to remember him, to remember that he isn't just some far-off God, but that he is the God who is present with us, present with us, here, speaking to us, healing us, encouraging us, leading us, guiding us. And he's here when we're together. And so he's given us those tangible things that we can literally touch and taste and smell to help us to remember. So we get to encounter Jesus in his peace. He comes by his Holy Spirit and he gives us that gift of peace. We get to encounter him in his presence, which comes again in his Holy Spirit, but that is kind of represented and we're reminded of in Bread and wine, in baptism, in our togetherness. And I also think, and that's why I love the story of Thomas, I also think that Jesus has given us proof. Jesus, in this story, this amazing story that we read about Thomas saying, I'm not going to believe until I've seen his hands and his feet and I've touched his side. Jesus is showing Thomas and showing all of us that he is gracious enough. He is good enough to let us ask those huge questions of him. He's good enough that we can share our doubts with him. He's big enough that we can voice our frustrations with him. He's big enough. He can handle it. He can hold it. He says to Thomas, come on then, put your fingers here see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And then Thomas says to him, my Lord and my God, Jesus is good enough and gracious enough to give Thomas the, the proof that he needed, you know, the real, tangible, touchable proof that he needed, that Jesus was alive. And I think that we have that gift too because we've been given haven't we the word of God Jesus has given to us his word his living and active word so I want to encourage you today that maybe if you're kind of uh, struggling and striving to feel his presence or to uh, taste or to touch his presence in some way to know and to have some proof of who he is and of what he's done and the fact that he is alive again. There is no better place to go to than his word. And it's there. I'd love to encourage you, you now head to a gospel or head to a psalm. Head anywhere in the Bible really and as you look through and as you pray, Jesus is revealed again. And I think that God is calling us into, not just us here at SPS, but uh, the church generally, into a time of being faithful to scripture, and of, of getting into his word. You know, but we can't really be faithful to it if we don't know what it says. You know, I wonder if God is challenging us, and I really know that God is challenging me at the moment, to head back into his word. You know, it's easy when uh, things feel uh, like they're in turmoil, both in, uh, in government, both in our country, uh, but also in the church and in kind of church, um, church life. It's easy to forget that we have the word of God in our hands that we can head to together. We can head to individually in our times with the Lord and that we can head to together as a church. That's why we prioritise doing that each week, heading back to his word, unpacking it together. That's why we're uh, having the living out day on Saturday so we can head to his word and grapple together with what it says. That's why we've been doing deeper on a Thursday night so that we can get together again, remembering together. What does it look like to be people who are faithful to scripture? Not just because uh, it's there and it's something that we do as good Christians, but because his word is living and active. And it's a way that we encounter him together. Maybe the band might want to come up and join me. So, what are these encounters for? We talked about encountering Jesus, encountering his peace, encountering his presence. Encountering proof as we uh, throw our doubts and worries and fears at Jesus, but what are they for? Why do we why do we have the privilege of getting to encounter Jesus together? And I think it's for two things. The first thing is I think it, it's for the purposes of change. We need to encounter Jesus because we need Him to come and change us. Time after time, again and again, we need Jesus to come and change us. Sometimes we can uh, get a bit sort of tangled up thinking, oh, I don't want to come to worship just expecting to encounter God. You know, my worship should be about giving to God, sacrificing to him. And that is true. But I do also think that uh, in this encounter where we've uh, read about the disciples encountering Jesus... They needed that. They needed that moment where Jesus appeared with them and they could encounter him. And they could remember what it was like to be friends with him again. They could remember what it was like to interact with the risen Jesus. And that changed them. And each time when we gather like this and throughout the week and in all sorts of different ways, when we encounter the risen Jesus, it changes us. Because Jesus comes and he's gentle, and he gently rebukes us as we confess our sins to him. He forgives us. He holds us to account for things. He changes our behaviors. As we faithfully come to him, both together and individually, we are changed by our encounters with Jesus. So we're changed by him, and we're commissioned by him. Jesus says when he appears with his disciples, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. And if you don't forgive them, they're not forgiven. He's giving his disciples the power of the Holy Spirit to go out into the world to be people who carry his presence to others. And when, he, uh, when it says in the scripture, and with that, he breathed on them, uh, it just reminds me of, uh, for some reason, my girls have got into a habit of, uh, after they brush their teeth, they want to come and prove it to me. So they, uh, have you brushed your teeth? And they come up and they're like, yeah. <sighs> Smell. Sometimes they haven't brushed them so well. Um, so that doesn't smell so great. And then I send them back off into the, um, into the bathroom. Uh, but there's something in that, isn't there? That, that Jesus appears to his disciples and he breathes on them. He breathes on them. And I wonder what that smelled like in the room. But there's this tangible experience that Jesus gives to them as he breathes on them. And he's not breathing on them smelly breath. He's breathing on them the Holy Spirit. He's breathing on them that that fragrance of Christ. He's breathing on them that sensory thing that he gives us. That we get to be in his spirit, with his spirit, filled by his spirit. For the purposes of changing us and for the purposes of commissioning us, of sending us out into the world. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. The Father sent Jesus to be a carrier of his love, to be a carrier of his presence. And so too he sends us. Why don't we stand together? if you're able we have these encounters with Jesus what an incredible thing it is that we can even say that that the God of heaven gives us opportunities every day to encounter him to give us his gift of peace To be present with us. To give us tangible proof that he is alive. That we might be changed by him. Continually. And commissioned by him. Sent out into the world to be people who carry his presence with us. So we thank you Lord Jesus that. We get to encounter you as we worship you. We get to encounter you as we wait on your spirit. We get to encounter you as we hear from your word. Thank you, God. What a gift that is. And for all of us who who feel locked up by our fears, We ask you, Lord, that you would come and fill us with your peace. That incredible peace that passes all understanding, that comes even when we're in a place of fear and trembling and anxiety. Would you come? And I thank you, Lord, that that peace that you give us, it's not just that inner feeling peace, although it is that too. But it's also a reminder that we are at peace with you, God. Freely given to us. Costly to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord God. Thank you that you you didn't leave us in our mess. You haven't left us far off to figure all this stuff out on our own, but that you came and you do come. Time after time, you come faithfully to meet with us. So we're going to worship together now. and We're going to get to do that thing that I was talking about, that tangible thing of having having bread and wine together as we remember Jesus' presence with us. Thank you, Lord Jesus.